read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by Russellville.com, The Pro Wrestling Fall, Volume 2. Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained, Carl Anderson, the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harris, and Jillian Hall. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville, it's where wrestling lives. Oh, babe, you're listening to the best wrestling podcast where wrestling lives. You're listening to Wrestleville, babes. You're listening to the Russellville podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest this episode is professional wrestler Swinger, based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. Is that correct, sir? Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, good to have you. So talk to me a little bit about your character. So as you said, I am the swinger. I've uh, the pretty much the local bar fly. You can catch me at a brewery or bar, uh, usually wearing something a little scandalous. Um, I like to take my time to the ring, showboat, drink a little drink, make a drink, make another drink, drink another drink. Uh, and then when it's time to go in the ring, I'm a comedy act, if you will. Uh, a lot of people refer to me as a uh, a character in the ring, but uh, somebody who's well-disciplined to where I'm more comfortable in the ring than most. So I have no problems doing what I feel uh, comes naturally to me in that ring. Right. And, you know, when you, you look at wrestling, there's all different styles, right? All different art forms um you know the 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 comedy i think is what i enjoy you know my wife always asks me hey what do you like so much about wrestling and sometimes i can't put my finger on it but when i see it i tell her that's what i like right and, right. It, and it's stuff like what you do it's a fun refreshing thought to pro wrestling you know to a to a character how long did it take you to you know, evolve into who you are today in the ring? I mean, honestly, uh, every bit of the 10, 11 years that I have been wrestling, um, starting out, there was no swinger. Uh, there was some guy named Ryan Fitzgerald, a blue chip athlete who uh, had no charisma, uh, wasn't exactly the the strongest, but you know, he was kind of attractive. And it took years of me just learning that I have to be able to let go. And then one day uh, it was Roger himself. He's like, this, this isn't it anymore. You, you got to change. You got to do something. You have to be not Ryan Fitzgerald, just something else. We went back and forth, pitched back and forth. And eventually uh, a week ahead of time, he sends me a DM going, Hey, you're the swinger now. Um, I'm going to need you to go watch Swingers with um, Vince Vaughn and John Favreau, which is a great movie. Uh, we want you to just live that. So uh, New Year's Day, I think it was like 2016, I believe. I, uh, I show up in this oversized red button up, a black singlet, and I come out to uh, Magic Man by heart. And I am just this greasy individual. But I was still Ryan Fitzgerald, um, the same person in the ring. And it honestly wasn't. So that was 2016. 
it wasn't until middle of COVID. So 2020 when I'm sitting at home, not wrestling that I was able to fully understand like what the swingers should be. And I started taking more influences from everything from pro wrestling all the way to, you know, my love of music and uh, my love of comedy, more uh, physical comedy. So your Jim Carrey's or even your, uh, your Bruce Campbell's from the evil dead trilogy. Obviously you have a lot of fun developing that character. I, I would think that there's a lot of fun because you can kind of go in a couple different directions with it. And if it doesn't work, you pull back and just, you know, but it gives you the opportunity to find what works. Right. Right. I and not to toot my own horn, but there's not many things that doesn't work anymore. Um, I I've had a high success rate. I can, it's to the point where I'm so comfortable with myself in the ring that I can do whatever I want. I am a comedy wrestler. I, I make things funny, but the big thing I'm, I'm good at wrestling. Uh, Roger even said it on your podcast. I'm really good at wrestling. I say it as a joke in the ring after I kick people in the butt that I'm really good at wrestling, but I, <laughs> the comedy part comes from being so comfortable and being good with wrestling that I have no issue dealing with somebody who can work a lucha style or somebody who can be a smash mouth or somebody who's even comedy based it's this character has let me do whatever i want in the ring and i think that's what helps you know maybe sell the character to the fans that he's having fun we should probably have fun <laughs> yeah right right and i and i bet you get a lot of fan interaction Right. I bet you can connect with the, the audience rather quickly. Right. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we do. Uh, so the NWF here in Cincinnati, uh, that radius that we hit, we have two breweries. Uh, one that is uh, local to me. I live five minutes down the road from it. We do outdoor shows there during the summer. We're getting ready to ramp up. And when people at these breweries come to a wrestling show, you don't really get a lot of wrestling fans. You get people who are at a brewery going, oh, there's wrestling tonight. Here's my money. Let me see what's going on. And they see this guy come out wearing ridiculous clothes, half naked, drinking a martini and shaking his hips. They, they start having fun because he's just another guy at the end of the bar. Right, right. You mentioned Roger and the NWF. We're talking about Roger Ruffin from the Northern Wrestling Federation in Cincinnati, Ohio. So you've been with Roger the full 11 years. That's where you got your training? That is correct. Uh, Bone Crushers is our training facility. I was actually at our old Bone Crushers uh, training facility back in 2012 at the very end of old Colerain uh, across the street from the Spring Dot Building. Uh, if anybody's ever familiar with uh, Cincinnati and that area, the same place that, you know, that's where Carl uh, Anderson, Abyss, all of them trained and, uh, you know, coming up with Roger for the past 10 years, I've been lucky to even have training seminars and sessions with Carl Abyss, Wildcat Chris Harris, who he said is even uh, his assistant. Uh, we call him Commissioner Cat because he's really just an all around uh, helper for Roger and the NWF. So I get to pick his brain almost every day. Right. It, it, with Chris, with all his years of experience and his time in TNA, 
I'm sure he is a valuable asset to that that organization, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Roger, he's going on 30 years in the business. Uh, Chris, man, I want to say he's getting close to, if not already, 25 or so. Their knowledge alone, because they're they're both veterans, but they both have such different backgrounds. You have Roger, who was thrown into the territories and then came up as a referee, got to work with uh, WWF at the time, work WrestleMania. Uh, but then you have Chris Harris, who got to see the end of uh, NWA Wildside and then come up through uh, the original TNA Impact and NWA Impact. Both very similar in what they can give you in regards to the amount of knowledge, but it's so much between those two men. It's not 50, 60 years combined. It feels like 200, 300 years of experience that comes from their uh, just it's hard to really explain because Roger's done a lot for me um, listening to your podcast with him. I heard a side of Roger. I don't even get to hear a lot of uh, being somebody that I've seen him for 10 years to hear how he explains wrestling and the old school mentality. It's, it's one of those things you don't see a lot of anymore. Yeah. I enjoy talking to him immensely you know i've i've spent some time when we worked on the project for the book we we spoke for several hours and then then when we had the interview and yeah he he really does well, he comes from that era of of old school wrestling right i mean he was a young child you know <laughs> working you know maybe 12 13 14 years old working at the at the promotion there in his town and so he's seen a lot you know and uh, learned a learned a lot through, you know. He told me that you know when he was the referee, was where he really learned the art of pro wrestling, right? Right. Yeah, that's. He says that a lot because he'll train referees, he'll train anybody to do anything in the industry, but refereeing, I've gotten him to referee a couple of my matches. I have been in there with him and shared the ring with him multiple times uh, on opposite ends. And he'll tell you every day of the week, refereeing, he learned so much. I mean, there's who had a better seat to Brett and Roddy. Yes. That's, that's it. I mean, Sean and um, Tito, it's, and he'll tell you his favorite part of that. We're talking about WrestleMania, right? The one that he worked uh, his favorite part of that whole entire night was that he got to walk, uh, I believe it was Reva McIntyre down to the rink. That was his highlight, but he'll always talk about how much he's learned from refing. He'll talk about one of my favorite things is when he talks about the early times of the NWF where he would still ref and he would deal with his newest batch of trainees and seeing how they performed. It's when Roger's in that refing role, you can kind of see that proud dad in him as well. Have you had the opportunity to do any refereeing? Uh, I have refereed twice, twice in my life. Uh, one week before they threw me on the card as a brand new rookie, uh, Roger calls me as I'm halfway down to a flea market in, uh, I think, Georgetown, Kentucky. 
hey, I need you to pick up some black slacks and some black shoes. Okay, whatever. Maybe security all has to be in black tonight. And I show up and they threw a referee shirt at me that you have one match. We need you to ref it. I don't know if I didn't do a good job because the very next week that was all gone and I'm in the ring as a uh, roster member. Uh, but a few years later down the line, I actually got to be a special guest referee um, during a, a, a Haas match. Okay. And being the swinger, getting to do swinger things as a referee, you know, the throwback to Shawn Michaels with the cutoff short shorts and the cutoffs uh, sleeves on the, uh, the shirt. I, uh, I got banned from refing after that. So uh, I respect it. I very much so respect our referees. Uh, it's the one of the toughest things to do in the business, but I can also see why Roger would never allow the swinger to be a referee again. Well, the referee is kind of to be seen and not heard, right? You know, it's kind of like he, he has an integral part, but his part is when it's called for, right? And right. Sometimes, sometimes the referee can get in the way when he's not supposed to get in the way. So. Yeah, it, yeah, it can't be easy. No, it can't be easy. You know, I'm selfish like that. I get in the ring, I get between the posts, I see all the people. I want to want to draw the attention all to myself, right? Right, right. So, so talk about the the fans up there, the the loyal fan base. I mean, you've got, you know, for for the promotion to be running as long as it has. My goodness, the fan base has got to be incredible, right? It is. Um, I remember I've <laughs> when I started, that was back around 2012, uh, the very beginning. They were running a very similar area that they do now, but none of the same buildings. Um, Northern Kentucky, uh, North Cincinnati, downtown Cincinnati, and then a little bit east, um, about that 100-mile radius that Roger talked about. It's... <laughs> We have fans that follow us. Uh, they're very, very loyal. Um, they love professional wrestling. They've known us from the days where Wildcat Chris Harris was a young upstart. The Monster Abyss didn't exist, but there was a guy that kind of looked like him that was named Justice. Uh, Psycho Sam Cody was reigning terror. I, it's They've been around for so long. We have generations we have a generational fan base that have grown up with the NWF. God, I went to an NWF show when I was eight years old. A lot of the trainees down at Bone Crushers grew up watching the NWF because it was a local promotion. It's wild to see so many people stay with us. I mean, we have fans that we love uh, and know by name and can recognize them anywhere out in the street um they've done repairs for our clothes some of them take like a grandmother role in the locker room almost because they've been around us for so long but the other cool part about the nwf is when we go along that radius the generational fans kind of also stay in that little small town so you'll have these northern kentucky fans um at hits that's probably our biggest loyal fan base you'll have a lot of our older fans come back that are been around for the past 25 years 
you'll have their grandkids showing up. Um, you'll have them bringing in their family. Uh, we're even bringing in old lapsed fans who haven't seen things since, you know, the early 2000s. But the NWF being a mainstay in Cincinnati, I mean, I've grown to see some of these fans. Some of them I can actually call a friend. And it's it's different when you go to other places. Um, the other places I work are a lot newer. So their fan base is as loyal, but you don't see that generational fan base like you do at the NWF. Right. Yeah, it would have to be sort of like if you live in Cincinnati and you've, you know, you're 30 years old. So if you're 30 years old and you're living in Cincinnati, the NWF has been there as long as you've been alive. So it's a main staple, right? It's it's just one of those things. It's it's there. It's been consistent. So oh, yeah. it, it would be hard to live there and not know about the promotion, right? It would be hard to live there and, and never go. You know, if you're not a big wrestling fan, you may go a couple of times and say, okay, you know, wrestling's not for me, but I've been to the NWF. Yeah, it's that's that was literally my case. Um growing up in the northern part of Cincinnati territory. Um when I would drive to uh work as soon as I uh turned 16 years old, I was driving this one road uh and every every month right around the second second weekend of the month there'd be this white sign and this white sign is in the back of Roger's ring truck right now. It is full of staples and nails and tetanus. It is, it's got at least 20 years of paint on it. And it says live pro wrestling with tonight at the very bottom, but it's always plastered over to give you the date ahead of time. And I drove past it every single day. And that was the NWF. I showed up to my very first show to work for them as a trainee. And the very first thing I had to do was find that sign, grab it, throw it on the back of the ring truck. So between being up here, northern Cincinnati, or if you're driving down uh, very, very northern Kentucky, I'm talking where Kentucky and Cincinnati meet, right at the Ohio River. Uh, we run this little town called Ludlow, Kentucky. Giant marquee on the old Ludlow Theater. It says NWF Wrestling Tonight. Um, between social media and then the fact that the NWF is one of the few independent wrestling promotions that still does actual physical promoting. We'll go to local businesses, hang up posters. We do flyering. We'll do um, tonight. I have uh, I have plans to go to the local brewery that we're getting ready to start running at again, and I'm getting ready to do a whole campaign where we're trying to figure out how I can get more people to take physical copies of these little flyers that we put out because Roger's <laughs> Roger's dedication to the NWF is the reason why it stayed so constant throughout the past, you know, 30 years at this point. It's if you're missing the NWF, it's because you're not looking for wrestling in Cincinnati. Right. I, I, I think I think everybody that lives there has to know that it exists by now, right? I you know what you would hope. Um, but Cincinnati is a big city. It, it is a major city. It's a small, 
big city, but it is still a big city. And we can be honest here. Wrestling has fallen into a niche. And unless you're actually actively looking it out, you're not going to know about independent wrestling. You might get lucky with some references on WWE or AEW, which are your big actual nationally televised brands. You might get a reference here or there, but when it comes to independent wrestling, you have to be a wrestling fan to actively seek it out. And if you seek it out, you'll find the NWF. Uh, there was a recent podcast that uh, a very famous Cincinnati wrestler did with his wife. Uh, John Moxley goes on and talks about the Cincinnati wrestling scene. And Cincinnati doesn't have a nationally known wrestling scene. We're not Chicago. We're not uh, LA and we're not the Northeast uh, Boston area, but our wrestling is probably the most important wrestling that's ever existed uh, between the early days of the NWF and HWA, which was an old feeder territory for uh, the WWF, uh, the Pillman Memorial shows. And I mean, one of the biggest things that influenced people like Carl Anderson and his whole entire generation was this uh, very famous episode from MTV I want to be a professional wrestler starring Rory Fox. That right there triggered your John Moxley's, triggered your Carl Anderson's to all swarm Cincinnati and learn the trades from your Roger Ruffins and your Les Thatchers. I mean, going back even through the history where this was an NWA town or when, um, God, Roger's going to butcher me. Uh, for either thinking it was the Sheik that ran here or uh, Bruiser. But when it was Territory Times... It was the Sheik. It was the Sheik. He's still going to hit me. Um, <laughs> but when he when you learn about Cincinnati wrestling, it's been kind of like the NWF. If you know wrestling, you love wrestling, you know about Cincinnati wrestling. But if you weren't actively seeking it out, you wouldn't know that we have this rich history and kind of a big catalyst between, you know, if you think about certain wrestling booms, you have the MTV. I want to be a professional wrestler that gauged this whole entire uh, new wave of talent to come through Cincinnati. I would like to say this selfishly that uh, when Carl Anderson and all of them formed the bullet club in new Japan in what, 2013, that's another big boom that essentially created what wrestling is today. Now that we have more, more promotions on television. So Cincinnati wrestling, despite not being known as a wrestling town is possibly one of the most important wrestling towns. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So you've been wrestling 11 years, but also too, I mean, you're part of the marketing wheel, right? I would imagine a lot of the wrestlers who wrestle for Roger are part of the marketing wheel, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah, you have to. Uh, if you, and you'll see this a lot, you have to promote what you love. I love the NWF, um, but the NWF wouldn't exist without fans. It, that's that's a money thing. That's a morale thing. That's literally everything. Fans are what make, are the, fans are the people that 
make wrestling worth it and they make it profitable. They make it the art that it is. So if you're a talent or if you just want to be a part of a wrestling event, you have to promote it. I mean, if you're not on social media, which is the bare minimum to hit a the little like button, the little retweet, that's all it takes to get a promotion out of you. You get, if you have 60 followers, if you have 6,000 followers, that's that many people getting eyes on a poster, getting eyes on a little video package. But I think you should also really dig down deep. If you have the ability to physically promote, you have to do it. Um, I have no issue driving down to Roger and picking up a stack of flyers for up around here and going around to different businesses and going, Hey, please put this poster up. My face is on it. I'm local. I like to buy local. We can work together. And it's when it comes to wrestling, it's about really getting your hands into it, digging down deep and figuring out what works because the same thing happening in promoting is also going to be the same thing happening in the ring. If we're trying to reach these people directly and they're not liking it, why would I also try to reach these people in the ring? So when it comes to the promotion style of the NWF, I, that's it's a good way to pay your dues as one of those people. But I mean, the physical flyering and putting the actual work into building the event and drawing the people in is, I mean, it's, it teaches you a lot about the business. I, I think flyering really does work because in the town where I live, from time to time, I will see a poster, right? I'm just out and about shopping and I'll see a poster on a local business and I'll think, wow, that's coming up in a week or so, you know? It, I wouldn't I wouldn't have found out about it any other way. Yeah, that's you don't see it a lot. Um the local brewery that I'm talking about that I'm going to tonight that we run shows at, they also do a lot of local flyering for their own events. And they have come to find out that, yeah, social media works, but there's nothing like seeing a good poster, like the one behind your shoulder right now. Like when there's a good poster and it draws your eye, you know exactly where it's at, when it's at, and what's on the line. I It it triggers you to go ahead and act there instead of just passing it by on social media. So recently, a couple of the wrestlers in your promotion have uh, kind of stretched their wings a little bit. Jordan Clearwater and, and Lord Crew, those are a couple guys I'm sure you've worked with. And uh, they're experiencing some success on on different organizations and I mean, how does that make you feel to see some guys that that are trailblazing, so to speak? But it's got to give you a lot of confidence that, you know, the future is is very bright for yourself, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is. Um, Jordan Clearwater uh, had a short time in his Cincinnati stay. I was a little spotty at that point in and out of uh, – actually wrestling because of injuries. So we didn't get a lot of interaction. I think we might've had one match ever. Uh, we've shared a locker room a couple of times, but when it comes to Lord crew, I've known him ever since he walked in the front doors of bone crushers and to see his growth and to see him bet on himself and go out and do different kinds of wrestling too. I've 
wrestled him the day of a death match for him. So he worked in Indianapolis in a death match and then drives down to Cincinnati, covered up and taped up, ready to fight me that night. And you can't, you can't not respect something like that. Right. Uh, So when you have people like Jordan Clearwater and Ward crew who are willing to do the drives and work extra hard and really connect with others, not necessarily just the fans, but also those in the back, those connections you make, those professional connections, seeing them succeed, seeing them doing it, you know, the the quote unquote right way, showing up, working hard and then proving yourself. It gives me a lot of hope, but also I can see it in my trainees. Um, I don't know. I don't believe Roger mentioned it on the podcast, but I am one of the trainers down for him at uh, bone crushers, me and Pompano Joe and seeing our trainees light up when they see a Lord crew on AEW dark or seeing that Jordan Clearwater is getting NWA television titles. You can see it brighten their day and they come in, they work so much harder. And then you still have Jordan Clearwater and Lord crew walking through the doors of bone crushers when they have a day to and saying, Hey, yeah, here's how we can help. So seeing that alone, it gives me that drive. You know, I've been lucky to know Lord crew. He's helped me get a couple of places just off the names alone. But to see that the NWF in Cincinnati is not having that drought anymore and seeing more talent come out of here, it gives me a lot of hope. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Swinger, where can fans find you on social media? Uh, Social media, it's all across the board, the exact same thing. It is Swinger Fits, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I even made a TikTok, but I don't use it. I just made it so nobody took my name. Um, you can also cash at me if need be, but I will be uh, always on social media. It's Social media can be bad sometimes, but like I said, it's promotional. So if anybody ever wants to figure out what the swinger's doing, what he's wearing, what he's not wearing, any of the big three, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is Swinger Fits. All right. Well, Swinger, it has been a pleasure talking to you. I've enjoyed it immensely, and uh, we're going to have to do it again. All right. Sounds perfect. Thank you so much for this. All right. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by Russellville.com, The The Pro Pro Wrestling Wrestling Fault, Volume 2. Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained Carl Carl Anderson, Anderson, the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harrison, Jillian Hall. Plus 45 other short stories including Jazz, Bobby Eaton, Kamala, Thunder Rosa, Mario Mancini, Scott Casey, PJ Black, Kerry Morton, Sal Renaro, Jeremiah Plunkett, Colby Carino, Bam Bam Malone, and many others. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville, it's where wrestling lives.